0: Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I am Darlene Childress. I am your host of this podcast, and I'm also a life and parenting coach. And I was going to title this episode Thanksgiving Shit Show, but I decided that maybe that was a little too negative. So I instead titled it in an aspirational way, which is a calm Thanksgiving with kids. And so I want to talk about how to prepare yourself and your family for Thanksgiving which happens next Thursday and so that's why I did I'm doing this episode this week so that you have a little bit of time to actually think about what Thanksgiving could look like it might be helpful for you to think a little bit about previous Thanksgivings and how they went and notice maybe if you want to change some things and, and think through kind of like, oh, yeah, that was sort of a shit show last year, so let's figure this out. Now, this is especially true with littler kids. Uh, I remember when my kids were little, it, Thanksgiving was just rough. And I have 10 nieces and nephews, and my son is the youngest of the nieces and nephews. And so I had a lot of experience having Thanksgiving with kids when I was just an aunt. And um, so I just always noticed that Thanksgiving was somewhat challenging for children and somewhat challenging for adults. It is sort of a weird day. So I want to normalize at first, like what goes on on Thanksgiving in case you forgot, because the first thing is that like, Kids seem to get in trouble a lot during Thanksgiving. They're kind of mischievous. They're in that back room where they're not supposed to be. They're into stuff they're not supposed to go to, especially if it's at someone else's house or someone that they don't go to very often. If they see their cousins and their, you know, or their, your friends' kids and they don't quite know how to play with those kids or whatever, they, they tend to feel a little bit confused about the boundaries in a space. And they also, don't necessarily have access to all their favorite toys and the day is kind of long and it drags out and all the adults are focused on watching football and the, or cooking or whatever. So kids are kind of bored. They're left to their own devices. They get into trouble. And so that sort of then every time you're interacting with your child during Thanksgiving, it's like, what are, why are you in here? What are you guys doing? Or I told you to stop it. You know, we kind of feel like we're just constantly monitoring their behavior. So that's part of why it's so frustrating is the kids are getting in trouble a lot. I want to help you strategize that, but I want to re- help you remember that like yeah, okay, so it kind of is busybody kids, they're in, they're mischievous, they're in trouble. Uh, sometimes they act out towards extended family, like they're grumpy towards extended family. They don't want to say hi. They don't want to greet their uncle they haven't seen in a while. They act shy. They're rude, quote unquote rude. We That's an adult value. So really for children, Thanksgiving is a bit overwhelming for them. It's emotionally overwhelming. And they can also sense possibly your nervousness or your overwhelm or your stress. And they're borrowing your nervous system and your nervous system's like, oh my God, I haven't seen my mom in six months and I can't stand her. Or my sister's going to show up and she's going to be like this and whatever, right? You might have some anxiety. You might have some, some big feelings that you're working really hard to suppress. And your child is, you know, feeling that too. And so they're also feeling emotionally overwhelmed. And Possibly unsafe in that environment. And so they're borrowing, like they're looking at you and they're like, Are we okay? And you're like, I don't know, kid. And so then they're going to feel anxious. So they might not, you know, be polite and be sweet and like go give everybody a hug and be the cute little one. Or maybe they were last year and this year they're not acting that way. And so that can kind of feel embarrassing for us. Also, they don't have great table manners. Kids take a long time to learn table manners. Just Fork food versus finger food is a confusing concept to children. They don't quite understand why spaghetti is a fork food and chicken nuggets is a finger food. Like they don't get it. They don't care how dirty their hands get or whatever. So sometimes our kids don't have good table manners. Sometimes they act out at the table. They don't want to sit at the table and they don't want to participate in what everybody is doing. They don't want the eyes on them. They don't want to answer the, what are you grateful for question? And they shut down or they have a meltdown. And really, I want you to see that they're just overwhelmed. They're emotionally overwhelmed and they, they don't know what's right and what's wrong. They don't know how to be- behave, especially if you haven't been practicing, you know, table manners every night for weeks and weeks, they're going to be like, I don't I don't know. And then also, a lot of times kids don't even want to eat the Thanksgiving food. And there's a lot of pressure on kids to like, eat it. Grandma made it. This is the sweet potato pie we always have. Come on. And your kid's like, I have never eaten anything like this in my whole life. Why would I start today in the middle of this scene with all these people around? Like, no. So your kid may not participate in this meal, or they might only want to eat bread or they don't understand what stuffing is. Like if you do the traditional foods, then they might feel like, Oh no, thank you. Right. The other thing that's funny about Thanksgiving is that there's a lot, usually a lot of appetizers. Like there's just a ton of food before the meal. And so your kid may have actually already gotten full and over, not overeaten, but like isn't hungry by the time the meal comes and then they don't eat that, but then they're hungry for pie. And you're like, what, you know, you didn't eat it. You don't get to have pie. You know, if you don't eat this, you're not having pie. I just kind of want you to drop the rules around food for the day, just for yourself. Like you're uh, passing on some traditions, some values, some culture, cultural experiences that you care about. And that's all you're doing is exposing your child to those things. You don't need them to buy in and participate in every aspect of it. So, These things that happen with kids, they're misbehavior, they don't always act well with the adults around them, they don't necessarily participate in all of the the traditions that you have, and that feels really chaotic as a parent. That can feel really overwhelming for you, and you can start to feel embarrassed and judged by the other parents, by your parents by, you know, your si- your siblings, if you go to someone else's like extended family, you know, that you don't see very often, you're like, they never act like this. I'm so sorry. We can start to feel really embarrassed. And I want you to remember that this day is just about your your the one day. Like, it's fine. However, your kids show up, it's going to be a bit of a shit show. It just is. So the more you're like cool with, yeah, I guess they don't want to say what they're thankful for. No problem. Move on. Just don't put all that pressure because then it's going to escalate and then you're going to have a meltdown and then you're probably going to have to leave the table. If your kid is melting down and they're like overwhelmed, that's okay. Let's go take a pause break together. Let's go co-regulate with them. Let's go spend some time reconnecting and giving them some uh, ability to to see your eyeballs and to feel safe with you and to know that they're okay and then offer a solution. Do you want to sit next to me? Do you want to sit on my lap? Do you think you're ready to go to the kid's table? You know, uh, maybe you're done with the meal. Maybe you'd like to go sit in the living room for a few minutes by yourself and read a book. Like allowing some flexibility in the day can buy you time later, can buy you be, um, you know, ease later. So stopping what you're doing instead of pressuring your child to participate, instead pausing, reconnecting, and then going back into the circumstance. So that's one of the first solutions. In the moment, what to do is to pause and regulate with your kid. Go connect. So it's calm connect, right? Go and connect with your kid. All right, so let's think about how to... That's kind of in the moment intervention while you're there. But like, how can we help you? How can I help you prepare for that experience? So the first thing I want you to think about is just think through the day itself. You know, if you think about a teacher with preschoolers or elementary school or even a middle school, high school teacher, right? They're sort of thinking about the day of, you know, how their classrooms are going to run. So especially an elementary school teacher who has the kids all day, they're like, all right, so we're going to start with this activity. Then we're going to do a little quiet activity. Then we're going to do a whole group activity. Then we're going to go outside, get our energy out. We're going to come back in. So like children are used to having a lot of structure and they're used to having a lot of flow, like breathing in, breathing out, right? You know, quiet and then big and loud. That flow is very regulating to their nervous system. And so I want you to start to think about their day. What is it going to be like? And then make a little bit of a plan. Like, what time are you leaving? When do they need to start getting ready? Or if it's if you're hosting, like, you know, what's their morning like? Are they going to watch TV by themselves? If yes, they're probably going to be dysregulated afterwards. Who's going to be the co-regulating adult? Who's going to help them go in and out of these activities? If it's not you... It probably needs to be somebody else or you're not going to be hosting, (laughs) right? If it's just you and your small family and it's like a normal day, then you might not need to be so structured about it. But if you're taking your kids to something or you're having 20 people over, I want you to think about what that experience is going to be like for your child. And then like thinking through the day and noticing when the hard parts might be for your child or your children, and then actively deciding when can I intentionally connect or when can I do big body movement or when can I do a little bit of a, of a fun, you know, structured activity throughout this day in order to make there be less chaos, (laughs) right? As your child is going to need connection and co-regulation, right? They're going to have their, their, Their little young nervous systems, or even if they're older, like they're bored and they're just like, you know, checked out, that is almost easier than, you know, the chaotic running around of little kids under 10. So we're going to think about the structure of the day and then deciding when are the two, three times that I'm going to intentionally pop in, do a little activity with them, go for a walk, play a game, do a craft draw something. So maybe you have a couple of ideas of things that you're going to do that day with them and you're going to kind of think, okay, when should I do those? That way it feels like you have some plan. It's not so chaotic. So for example, before everything begins, your child is probably going to need some time not one-on-one, but like you and your kids, where you're really focused on them. It can be you and all of your children, or it can be one-on-one, where you're sitting together, you're playing something, you've built like a Lego set, or you've done a little tea party for the dolls, or you've played Barbies, or you've built a, you know, a train track or a Hot Wheels track, you've done some sort of thing, or you've played a game, you've played a round of Candyland, or, you know, a, a play a game of cards, some sort of small connection activity that you do with your kids before you get into the group dynamic because that fills your little kid's bucket up. It will go a long way. A little connection buys you a lot of compliance, which is cool. I don't mean compliance like obedience. I just mean easy following directions, feeling good, not being mischievous. So doing something. So we want to do something before the festivities. We want to do something in the middle, like I said, kind of a, a punctuation mark, a, a point in time where you're like, okay, I'm going to gather all the children and we're going to play, you know, red light, green light outside. We're going to, you know, do a, ga- a head, shoulders, and knees and toes. Like we're going to do something. We're going to, now this time we're going to do an activity. So something structured that you pull in the middle of the the, the hubbub. Now, you're not going to maybe want to do that because you're going to want to be talking to the other adults. But I really kind of want to sell you on the idea that if you invest a little bit of time in the middle, I mean, sorry, in the beginning, and you invest a little bit of time in the middle, you're going to get more time on the back end, like throughout the day, you'll have better connections with everybody else because your children won't be bothering you so much. So, before the festivities in the middle of the hubbub and then I want to recommend before the meal that you do some sort of big body movement. So jumping on the trampoline, going for a walk if the weather's okay if not doing a dance party in another room, turning it on um, you know take, getting a balloon, blowing a couple balloons up and batting them around and you know you know the floors the floor is lava and you're trying to keep the balloons off the ground. Anything that kind of gets kids sort of excited, my um my friends, they used to play this game with my, with all the kids at Thanksgiving called statue. And so they would, you know, be playing music and then they'd freeze, almost like freeze dance, but then they'd be at a statue and the child had to pose. And then we'd have to like walk around and guess what they are and everyone would giggle. So just kind of bringing in some connection with the kids, some adult led activity. And in the middle of the hubbub and the right before the meal, moving that big, that body, it gets all the wiggles out and then maybe they won't need to wiggle so much at the table. (laughs) So then you can actually have maybe seven to 10 minutes of sitting there. I was thinking about like, how long should kids sit at the table at Thanksgiving? Like, what's the expectation? And I was like, probably a minute per age. So if you have a five-year-old and you get them to sit at the Thanksgiving table for five minutes, giant win. If you have a seven-year-old, they stay seven minutes. Amazing. You got a 15-year-old, they stay 15 minutes, total win. So I was just thinking that that's kind of a good benchmark actually. Okay, so you have your plan, your structure kind of broad strokes of like what the day is like for them. You've decided when you're going to pop in with some sort of connection and activity. Okay, so that's one strategy. The second thing I want you to do is spend time this week or the beginning of next week, really pre-setting your nervous system. This is something I'm going to teach at the um, Calm for the Holidays event that I'm hosting in a couple of weeks, but I've give, I've created this guide, Calm for the Holidays guide, where I talk a lot about your nervous system. And I've put together 20 plus exercises of ways that you can, you know, uh, activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So what that means is that your stress response is your sympathetic nervous system, and then that's where all the cortisol gets pumped and all the adrenaline and epinephrine and all that. And then what we need is for our parasympathetic system, sorry, parasympathetic nervous system to activate in order to calm that stress response. And it's like a teeter-totter or a seesaw. So as one is up, sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic is down. And then we slowly activate our parasympathetic and it lowers our stress response. So you can spend time this week training your parasympathetic nervous system to activate faster so you don't stay in stress as long, which is super cool. So this episode comes out. You can already get the holiday guide. You go to my website, com holiday guide, and you will see it right there. It pops up and download that because I have all the exercises of how to preset your nervous system. Now, let me give you some of the ideas. In general, I want you to start thinking about regulating your nervous system throughout the week, like taking time to do going for a walk, listening to music, sitting, you know, sitting down, drinking your coffee, really. Um, doing small things that delight you. And then in the workbook, I have a bunch of very specific exercises that you can do with your body. So what I want you to be thinking about is, hey, this day, Thanksgiving, it might be stressful for me. So I'm going to do some really good things to take care of myself in advance. And on Thanksgiving day, in the morning, I'm going to really take time to calm my stress response and dump some of that cortisol. For me personally, a vigorous exercise does dump some of that cortisol. That doesn't work for everybody. So for some of you, you need to do something gentler. You need to go for a walk. You need to do yoga. You need to do some stretching. You need to do some of the exercises that are in the workbook, in the Calm Holiday Guide. Um, So pre-setting your nervous system will help you a ton. Especially, I promise, especially if you're hosting this meal, or you're cooking a bunch because you're going to feel more stressed. And so you're going to need to proactively get that stress juice out so that you can lower your set point. So really thinking about how can I take excellent care of myself this week? Do I need to be journaling? Do I need to be praying? Do I need to do something fun? Do I need to spend Wednesday night maybe with some gal pals, you know, chit-chatting with them? Uh, Do I need to do my baking after they go to bed? Or whatever feels really soothing to you to do that. Okay. So we have our having our plan. We have presetting our nervous system. These are the two strategies. And then the other two are more around mindset. So the first one is imagining future you. So I like to think about like 10 years from now, you know, 10 Thanksgivings from now. I know you are not going to say, geez, I wish I had spent less time with my kids. You're not going to say, I wish we had done fewer things as a family. You're not going to say, I wish I had been more stressed about my turkey. (laughs) I wish I had been more stressed about how the table looked. I wish I would have yelled at my children more. (laughs) Like, you're never going to say that, right? You are going to say 10 years from now, I wish I had been more present. I wish I laughed more. I wish I savored and enjoyed my time as a mom. You'll be thinking, I can't believe how fast it went. You'll look at pictures 10 years from now and be like, wow, that was, you know, that does not feel like that long ago. And I don't want you to have those regrets. I don't want you to be in that regretful state. So instead, I want you to choose right now how you want to reflect back on this time, how you want to show up. If you have this perspective, what what's cool about it is that it'll help you get out of thinking things need to be perfect in order to be good. That there needs to be no problems in order for it to be enjoyable. Problems are coming, meltdowns are coming. Chaos is coming. Thanksgiving is a bit of a shit show, especially if you have a dysfunctional family at all, right? And so, you don't want to get trapped in those that like uh again this was terrible i'd rather you think yeah you know what that wasn't like ideal but i'm glad i was present for it i'm glad i smiled at my child i'm glad that we got to enjoy that meal I'm really wanted you to think about how you how future you wants you to enjoy today what does future you want future you wants to be able to figure out how to enjoy this time right now And that means that like the moment where your kid is tearing through the hall with a roll of toilet paper screaming, Geronimo! And your mother-in-law is like giving you the side eye and you're like filled with all that embarrassment and shame. That's the moment instead of rushing in and correcting your child and, you know, criticizing and, and, and performative parenting. I want you to think about how future you might think of this moment. The... The future person is probably going to be like, this is going to be quite a story. Oh my God. They they like found the toilet paper and they're crazy and it's insane. And that is so silly. Like, I want you to find that lightness and that laughter and that joy. Because these, it's only one day of your life. It's just Thanksgiving. It's not like the end all be all of everything. So you can find the lightness in it. Find the joy. And that leads me to the last topic is chasing the feeling. So I always ask myself before an event, I always say, how do I want to feel while I'm in that experience? What feeling am I chasing? Most of the time my answer is joy. But sometimes it's ease. Sometimes it's safety. Sometimes it's empowerment, right? Sometimes it's um, contentment. I have different things that I want to chase, but for the most part, for me, it's joy. So I want to name the feeling that I'm going for in this event, in this day. Because the truth is you cannot get something unless you know what you want. You can kind of tell when you're not getting what you want because you're unhappy, but how do you reframe it? How do you switch back in order to get what you actually want? That is the intentional thinking. That's what life coaching is about. It's like mindset work. It's not bypassing your negative emotion. You are going to feel frustrated at times. I want you to allow that frustration, but try to switch towards that new feeling by changing your perspective slightly. And so I'm going to give you some thoughts to borrow. But what I want you to practice is how to find out if I want to feel joy at Thanksgiving, what do I need to be thinking in order to feel joy. And I like to think things like, I like my kids. I enjoy being with my family. I like this meal. This is, a, this is fun. I, I find thoughts in advance and I actively choose to think them. So I encourage you to do that. Write out five thoughts that you want to be thinking during Thanksgiving. I love to have my clients write them out in the notes program on their phone or Google Keep or something, screenshot it, make that your wallpaper, then you can look at it whenever you're looking at your phone. So that's what I I like to do. So here's some thoughts that I'm going to offer to you. The first one is my favorite thought. I didn't even know that it was like, I made this up when the kids were like under five. Um, And it is this, peace and harmony are more important than stress and perfection sometimes I say I choose peace and harmony over stress and perfection and so when I am in a frustrated place I actively think I choose peace and harmony over stress and perfection and then I figure out how can I chase peace how can I chase joy What would joy look like in this moment? What would peace look like? What would harmony look like? And I I go towards those actions instead of doubling down on stress and perfection and and arguing and, and trying to convince everybody to do it my way and pressure the children and all of that. So that's one of the thoughts that I want to offer to you that I use all the time. The other one, you know, I say this a lot, but it's I always have permission to pause I think we, our brain, especially women, especially moms, we don't think we can. We don't think we can take care of ourselves. We kind of convince ourselves that everyone else's needs are more important. And we just stick in the moment and we try to keep solving the problem. But our nervous system, our stress response is screaming at us danger, 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 threat, threat, threat. And we can shut down or we can uh, overactivate. So we can over or underactivate. So in that moment, teaching yourself. Nope, nope, nope. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go take a break. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to drink some water. I haven't eaten. I'm going to go have a cheese and cracker, right? I'm going to try that, you know, that really yummy dip that my brother brought or whatever. So you're going to pause. You're going to go take care of yourself. That's mine. I always have permission to pause. Third thought that I use all the time, honestly, is this is temporary. (laughs) Like, whatever is happening, it's not forever. This helps me get out of my worst-case scenario. It helps me get out of my anxiety. And it helps me get into this moment to be more present. This is temporary. I'll miss these shenanigans one day, right? This is only one day in the long life of me and my kids. It's one Thanksgiving. Nah, it's fine, right? It's temporary. So that's the thoughts you can borrow. Another one I want to leave you with is kids misbehave and that's normal. I want to leave you with this idea. Well, actually, I have two more ideas. I'm sorry I lied. (laughs) The kids behave this is normal is really important because you, especially if no one else has kids in your family, like if you're like the first or, you know, other people have kids that are older than your kids, like everyone forgets how difficult five-year-olds are. Like kids misbehave. They have big feelings that they don't know what to do with. And it shows up through behavior. They have big energy they don't know what to do with. They have big thoughts they don't know what to do with. Like, if I take these cars to the top of the stairs and I zoom them down, they'll probably fly. (laughs) That's a big thought, right? So there's all sorts of things that little children don't understand. And that's why they misbehave. It's totally normal. Meltdowns are totally normal. Your kids, you're going to bring your same exact children to Thanksgiving that you had the day before and that you're going to have tomorrow. They're not going to become magical unicorn children today. So you don't have to expect that of them. You just go with the flow. Like, yeah, you know, they have meltdowns and they cry for a bit and then they stop. Or, yep, kids misbehave. It's no problem. I've got it. So you can just kind of normalize behavior, normalize what's happening, the last thought, this is truly the last thought I wanted to leave you with, is the concept of cycle breaking. I haven't really talked about it on the podcast, but if you came from a dysfunctional family or a family where your emotions were not allowed, if you were not validated and seen as a child, if you didn't feel safe to express your big feelings, and you are now creating an environment for your children where they can be securely attached to, to you, no matter how they act, no matter how they show up in the world, you're creating this attachment within their authentic self, like who they are, and you unconditionally love and accept them. And you didn't have that growing up. You are breaking a cycle. And it is hard because you're rewiring your brain while you wire your kids, right? So you're doing this hard work of like pause and reset and, you know, default, getting rid of your default limiting beliefs and your default thinking and all of that so that your kids don't have to grow up with all that baggage, right? So they don't have to heal. I always say you're healing the next generation in advance. So you're doing that hard work, but guess what? You go back to your family of origin, it is going to be challenging. And so I want you just to remember you are breaking cycles. I am a cycle-breaking parent and that is hard but important and I can do it. I will not dump my feelings on my kids. I am an amazing mom right now exactly as I am. And that those are the thoughts I want you to have this week as you head into Thanksgiving. Again, I invite you to get the Calm for the Holidays work uh, guidebook. It is a guidebook that has all of the ways to help your nervous system get into out of stress, out of sympathetic and into parasympathetic. I'm also going to help you do this thought work on how to retrain your brain, how to get rid of those default thoughts, and then how to manage your calendar for the holiday season. So this workbook is super, super valuable. It's really a guidebook. And I, it's free. It's my gift to you. It's my holiday gift to you. So I would like to, you know, encourage you to go on the website, get it, calmmamacoaching.com, download it. If you love it, share it with your friends. and and But, you know, have them go to the website so they can also get connected to the this event uh, and to the podcast and to the newsletter and to all the things, okay? um, uh, If you're not in the newsletter, I highly recommend it. On Tuesday, I just sent out an email about how to... Uh, well, next Tuesday I'm sending out an email on cultivating gratitude and, um, all the pre-setting your nervous system, all the things are also in the newsletter. So highly recommend you connect to, the, to my world and get that, uh, that holiday guide calmmamacoaching.com. All right. So moving forward, thinking about this week, I'd like you to just as a recap, think through your day, figure out when you're going to support your kids preset your nervous system, imagine future you, and then chase the feelings. Those are your tasks for the week. All right, mamas, have a great Thanksgiving, and I will talk to you next time.